Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. This is your host, Michael Dolce. We do this every week. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture. Slick Mick Ruler, who just signed on in Periscope, said he's my hero. That's me. Of course I am. That makes total sense. I'm everybody's hero, but that's what we do here. We talk about superheroes. We talk... Um, all the fun stuff that people like to talk about, the comic books, the movies, uh, pop culture, all kinds of cool stuff. We do it uh, everywhere. We do it uh, live on Periscope. We do it live on Facebook. Uh, we're actually just trying to reconnect. It says, due to poor wireless con- connection. Oh, no, we need this because Facebook is a great source of uh, viewers. We, uh, we average some really good viewers there. Um, Want to talk about all kinds of different... Um, Things that we're doing, uh, we talk, uh, again, comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons. That's a uh, number one thing. We have dedicated fans, Einar Peterson and Ashley, Ashley Hakai. Our program directors, Stephanie Dolce and Brian Phillips. Our executive producer, Steve Hovecki. And our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Uh, if you want your name shouted on the uh, interwebs like this, you can also check us out on Periscope, and maybe I'll give you a shout-out, but patrons are guaranteed to get their name shouted out. Now, we have a big announcement, and uh, our $2 patrons actually already knew this announcement that was coming, so that's even that's even better, right? Um, if you are a $2 patron, you get our show outline before the show. We actually sent it out about a couple hours before and had this nice announcement. We are going to be on twice next week. That's right. It's a big announcement for us. It's a it's a it's a cool thing to do um, because we are going on New York Comic Con. It's all about New York Comic Con. Um, we are just we are super excited to be on there. Uh, welcome at Espada Primera Stark. They're on every week with us as well too. Brian Phillips, Jersey Jedi is on every week. We really appreciate all the all the returning uh, folks that in, really dig our show. So if you guys are just joining us, we will be on twice next week. We'll be on our normal time Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're gonna have actually a guest, a good friend of mine, Dan Leister, who's a terrific artist. He's gonna welcome the Horror Month, which is October. Uh, he's got a new Kickstarter called Werewolf Run. Actually helped edit the book and I did the letters on it. But um, the Kickstarter is launching on Saturday. Uh, you can go to Dan Leister's page. Um, on uh, DeviantArt, on Facebook, on, on all this stuff, and he'll give you all that, um, all that good stuff. Sorry for anybody who's trying to view us on Facebook. We, uh, we are having uh, connection issues right now. I'm not exactly sure why. Just uh, the wireless connection's a little bit po. So I do uh, apologize to all those folks. The um, big news again then, Thursday, 7 p.m., we will be at... Near Comic-Con, we'll be broadcasting live. Kind of what we did with San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we'll be there Thursday at 7 o'clock. The show ends at 7, so we're actually going to be broadcasting from the Comics Tribe booth right after the show ends, so we're all going to be exhausted. Um, Comics Tribe is really cool, though. We're, we're, um, I don't know if you guys know anything about them, uh, but if you do, their, their stuff is awesome. Um, their stuff is like just tremendous. They do such grassroots... Um, marketing for their books they do so many great things tyler james joe mulvey who was a guest previously on our show they do really really um really really great stuff and uh so i definitely uh you know welcome everyone to kind of experience them for the first time if you don't know who they are uh once again trying to get the facebook feed up and running so hopefully we'll get that there but um you know it is what it is we are trying to broadcast and and do it all um all right so we did a poll and uh, we're kind of doing this, um, you know, in the in the fall months. What's Fall Falls TV? We talked about Marvel. We talked about shows we want to binge, shows we want to watch. Really, really great stuff that we've been kind of going through. So we did last week. We did the Marvel. You know, what's better, Daredevil versus Jessica Jones? I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day, we we, we had people split right down the middle. Um, ultimately, Daredevil to me was the best one of the two. Luke Cage is now out, um, or actually, yeah, actually, as of Friday, it's out. Uh, so that should be very interesting. But yeah, we um, we did which DC show should I binge immediately? And um, tweet me why, and I'll put your comments on air. So we, um, we've gotten uh, a lot of votes. The choices are Arrow, Flash, Gotham, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. And first of all, I don't watch any of the shows. I'm not a DC guy for the most part. Um, I'm definitely a... Uh, a Marvel guy for the most part, right? Uh, so, you know, right off the bat, obviously, look, I'm a little bit biased. No question about it. I'm not, uh, I don't pretend to not be. It's, um, 
you know, part of my DNA is being a Marvel guy. It just is what it is. That being said, TV is TV, right? And DC's doing things. Unlike in the movie universe, what they're doing in the DC, um, the DC space, so to speak, has been tremendous. So, in that regard, I want to get into this stuff. I want to know which one, which one is the one I should focus on. And we're running a poll, so there's still time to vote. So if you want to go to at Michael underscore Dolce, you can check us out, and you can, you know, just basically see this this awesome. Um, you know, idea that we're trying to do, and it's, uh, you know, we're we're uh, taking the poll. We're seeing what's going on. We have Arrow, we have Flash, we have Gotham, and Supergirl. And I bunched up Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow because, quite frankly, I just don't know who really watches Legends of the Tomorrow. But we do have somebody who wrote in um, via Twitter, and uh, they voted for Arrow. Uh, I'm going to give their handle. It is at uh, Safusa, and um, the actual handle. Oh man, why can't people have like simple handles? Vuk Wanerik. V-U-K-W-A-N-R-I-K. That is there. All right, so I'm going to assume... I'm, I'm not even going to assume it's a boy or girl. I don't even know. What I am going to assume is um, they voted Flash. It's a great show on its own, unlike Arrow. Um, at the Big Dog Inks, joining us. Flash is probably the best overall. Arrow is okay. That's what, uh, that's what Tom Hutchinson has joined in. I love Tom's, I love Tom's opinion on this. Um, and hey, we're back live on Facebook, so I apologize for splitting my attention for a little bit, but we were trying to get the Facebook feed uh, going. We, we, we really appreciate our Facebook people. So anybody just joining us on Facebook, uh, we are Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We, um, we talk movies, comics, TV, all the fun stuff. And uh, we really appreciate you guys checking us out on there. We had about 2,700 hits last week on last week's show. So Tom Hutchinson, who just joined us on uh, on our regular um, uh, Periscope feed, you know, you you helped us with this. Now, before I continue, also I just want everyone to know this is a live call-in show, so you guys could call in any time you want to. The phone number is eight seven seven. It is four eight zero four one two zero. So please feel free to uh, to join us and. Um, you know, in talking, and we are talking which DC show should I binge next? Actually, next is kind of um, deceptive, right? I haven't actually seen anything yet, so I can't actually say, uh, um, I can't say which one is which, right? So, either way. So, we're talking Flash, Arrow, uh, Supergirl, and then we're also talking about Gotham. Now, Gotham's funny, right? Because Gotham has a ha, Gotham has like a very passionate audience. They have an audience that really, really loves the show and thinks it's great. But it's it's set apart from the rest of the universe. Like that's the one advantage Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl kind of have. They all kind of coexist in the same universe. Meanwhile, the Gotham universe is completely separate from that. Uh, Greg Bandelik, who's the uh, uh, oh no, Briganti, sorry, not Bandelik. Bandelik, Greg, Greg Bandelik is a fantastic guitarist, though. Terrific guitar player. He's a great guy. All right, so act Vuk Wanerik, now that we're all kind of focused again and, and, and getting going. He said he voted Flash. It's a great show on its own, unlike Arrow post-season two. Uh, more importantly, it's a fundamental spring for the other shows. Supergirl is great, but Su- S1 Supergirl, season one, can be watched on its own since she's from a different Earth. Uh, that's true. The Arrow and Flash universe is separate from Supergirl because Supergirl started on CBS. Supergirl has now since moved over to the CW, so you got to figure at some point their universes are going to merge. Yes, and there was a crossover. Sam, my trusty engineer, has pointed that out. Um, Legends is great too, but the team is comprised of characters first introduced in Flash and Arrow. So I guess that's that's the answer to my question. Who watches Legends of Tomorrow? It's people who have, have actually watched, um, you know, other things like that. So... Love hearing different things. Mark Lombardi, who's also been on our show before. I voted Flash, but really anything but Gotham is the optimal choice. See, that's the thing. I, I am I'm kind of shocked. I'd love to hear from you guys if you're if you're streaming on the show. Um, and we love we love Brian Phillips, who just became an executive producer on our Patreon page. If you haven't gotten to our Patreon page, go to MichaelDolce.com. I'm your host. That's what I do. Um, Jack O'Donnell. He also he voted for, and I can tell you in one second because I have the. Uh, link up there. It's not a vote necessarily. I mean, it's people can just chime in. He voted for Flash. Chris Kutsakis said some people say Superman looks horrible. Some say he looks great. All I say it's another viewpoint of Superman. Talking about Supergirl and Superman. Now we're going to talk into that too. Uh, Tom Hutchinson's Legends is awful. Honestly, every episode is the exact same structure and a poor one at that. Honestly, I don't know. I know. 
I, I was talking to Pat Shan over at uh, ArtistaCon, and I think he watches Legends of Tomorrow, I, if I recall the correct the conversation correctly. But yeah, a lot of people don't actually really watch that show. So again, is it any good? It's back though. I mean, it's back. Um, Stephanie Sweet tweeted in: Supergirl and Superman team up on the season premiere. Isn't that good enough reason to watch? To be honest with you, I'm actually jonesing more towards Supergirl because Arrow and Flash now have four seasons and three seasons, uh, you know, between the two of them. Supergirl's kind of fresh, kind of new. It's on the CW. They've got Superman in it now, and they got the right Superman. Now, we talked about this in previous uh, podcasts. This Superman is played by Tyler Hochin, um, and he kind of had some words for the... Zack Snyder directed Superman that we've seen and he basically said you know this is the you know I'm, I'm paraphrasing obviously this is the Superman that I think everyone likes to hear and likes to see uh, this is the, the the right kind of Superman so you know that's kind of what I'm kind of intrigued by that now and I want to know from you guys I want to hear from you guys tweet me at at Michael underscore Dolce comment in on the Facebook feed comment in on the Periscope feed um, we have Craig Caruso just joined. Brian Everham just joined. We really appreciate all the people, you know, chiming in. Tom Hutchison, thank you for chiming in as well. Um, a spot of Primera Stark, who always likes to chime chime in as well. If you uh, if you've got something to say about it, I would love to hear what you think as well too. Uh, Slick Mick the Ruler, he just wants to know about fantasy football. I can tell you, I'm the best fantasy football uh, general manager, not the best fantasy football head coach, as I benched Aaron Rodgers last week in one of my leagues. But I digress. Um, no, actually, i got to be honest with you. What has me most intrigued to watch Supergirl is the introduction of Superman. It is the, um, the introduction to see, you know, what, what they kind of do with Superman and what they kind of do. Now, Brian Phillips chime in. Flash is a lot of fun and done very well. It is very easy to watch. Gotham is good but very drawn out. Haven't seen Arrow or um, Supergirl. No, again, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of them, so I can't tell you which one is which. But Gotham. Now, that's a good question, right? That's the one complaint. We all know where this is going. It's eventually going to have Batman in it. Now, whether or not they do the Tom Welling, um, whether or not they do the you know, imagine if you guys remember Smallville back in the day, they had Tom Welling, uh, and the rule was no tights, no no flight. You know, they wanted it to be Superman kind of growing up, but eventually they did end up chiming in, right? Uh, that's one of the things that they kind of that they kind of did. They eventually introduced Superman, the costume, the cape. Because look, six, seven seasons in, you know, that's what it is. Now Gotham, kind of same thing, right? Gotham is kind of saying like, okay, we're laying the groundwork where we can maybe have a Batman Begins, Batman kind of appear. We have all the villains, we have all the ingredients for everything. Uh, Craig Caruso chimed in. I loved Arrow season one and two, but three and four felt drawn out. So I mean, comparing season three and four of Arrow to Gotham, which is definitely drawn out, but you know, um, a, a listener and uh, friend Keith McCormick had actually he's been loving Gotham since it first came on. He thinks the villains are great. Um, <laughs> Craig Caruso said Flash is so fast paced. I don't know if that's a pun um, or if you're just trying to be funny, but I liked it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think in general, all four of these shows, with the exception of Legends of Tomorrow, we're going to eliminate Legends of Tomorrow, right? I mean, we can basically kind of just say we don't want to deal with that right now because I don't think we even need to deal with Legends of Tomorrow. It seems like it's... I, I'm surprised it's still even on the air. Let's analyze... When we come back, we're going to do a couple things. One, we're going to talk Comic-Con. We're talking New York Comic-Con. Um, if you just joined us, we're going to be on live from New York Comic-Con next week in addition to our usual time. So we're going to talk Comic-Con bubble bursting. We're going to talk more... Supergirl, Superman, and why I think that's the show that I, if I'm, if I'm joining the DC Universe, that's the one I'm going to watch. And uh, we'll discuss both of those when we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture, um, and music sometimes as well, too. And if you like some of the music stuff, you can actually go to our Patreon page. Go to michaeldolce.com or search Secrets of the Sire on Patreon. Uh, some of our pa- you know backers actually get access to some of my music interviews. Uh, we've got cool ones. I'm going to be interviewing Paula Cole this week. I'm going to be interviewing Letters to Cleo. These are some 90s ba- bands that uh, have been around as well, too. We just interviewed Zach Brown Band, so that one was up there. We posted that. We posted one with Ed Kowalczyk from Live. So a lot of cool things. If you're a music fan especially, I save all those things for our Patreon page. Really, really good stuff uh, that you can check out. Now, we were talking DC TV shows and which one I should binge, or at least which one I should catch up on. And and my vote is actually Supergirl because it's the newest one. I know Legends of Tomorrow is just as new, uh, but God, you know, I mean, God help me. Okay, we're done. We're, not, we're, gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna bump that off to the side. Uh, Gotham can be... Um, you know, very, very drawn out. I get it. Uh, it's a little darker. Arrow, though, is just as dark as what Sam, my engineer, said. Now, Sam had a comment about Supergirl, so we're going to have Sam, my engineer, chime in on his thoughts on Supergirl. So I thought, like, so much of that first season of Supergirl was her pining over whether she's ever going to have a date or not. I mean, yeah. come on. Now, there's a reason for that, though, obviously, is the yes. fact that it was on CBS. Yeah. And they were trying to appeal to this broad audience. And the numbers they were getting for C- now, I mean, the opening weekend it was or the opening night was huge, huge ratings, and then it eventually yeah. dipped down. Uh, the numbers they were getting eventually just matched CW numbers, so they moved them over to CW. So I'm expecting more action. Um, you know, I'm interested to see the interaction between her, uh, her and Superman. I'm also waiting for the worlds to merge a little bit now that they're kind of all under the same umbrella. Uh, Brian Everham did chime in, though. The end of Legends of Tomorrow, season one, introduces just uh, Justice Society of America. All right, all my comic book fans out there, really, Justice Society, like, eh, Justice Society of America? I, I read it when I was a kid. I did, because uh, I read everything. I just, anything I can get my hands on uh, at the at the local drugstore, stationery store, if, if, I would read it. I just couldn't get into that. I couldn't get into these characters, though. I, I just, I just couldn't. So, Justice Society... We're, 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 no, no, we're stuff. We're stuff in Legends. Tomorrow. You have to. I mean, I've watched it. You, you have to have seen Flash and Arrow to right. be at all interested in in uh, Legends of Tomorrow without having the background in Flash or, or in Arrow. It's it's nothing. Yeah. The one thing I will say about Supergirl is the best part about Supergirl is really Callista Flockhart being a complete and total bitch on the show. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely the best part about the show. Okay. Well, that's excellent. Uh, Craig Crusoe. More to that story. CBS could not avoid production in L.A. anymore for Supergirl. Super expensive, yeah. Obviously, they had to move it over. But look, if they were getting ratings, they would be on CBS, um, no question about it. And and it, you know, it's it's funny too how TV has changed to the point where I mean, Family Guy kind of started the trend, right? Uh, where you have shows now that actually, when your show would get canceled, that was it. Your show was canceled. But now there's so many outlets out there. Like immediately something gets canceled. I remember when um, Agent Carter got canceled. Agent Carter was my favorite Marvel TV show uh, before Daredevil came out. And uh, season one of Agent Carter I think is still really, really great. There was the uh, thought that they would be picked up by Netflix and then they'd have a season three on Netflix. That It, it didn't happen. Haley Atwell ended up signing somewhere else. Uh, yeah, and Family Guy three times. Yes, uh, you know, it's definitely true. Family Guy was was resurrected three times. Uh, but before that happened, and before all the different look, there's there's Crackle and there's Hulu and there's Netflix. There's so many places where you can kind of get away with moving. 
to a different network or whatever the case is. And look, Supergirl was a logical one to do. Um, do we ha- do we see it lasting very long? I don't know. I'm curious to know what they do this season in kind of looping it together. But again, their ratings were right on par with what Arrow and Flash had. So I can see them being super successful. Legends of Tomorrow, I don't know. Gotham, you know, again... Kind of, uh, kind of a crazy one. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit, but keep chiming in. I love hearing your feedback. I love hearing everything. I'm glad the the polls are still open. The poll will be open for, uh, and I will check this out right now. I believe it's for another ten minutes or so. I like to I like to get it wrapped up before the show's over so I can announce the winner. Uh, so you go to my Twitter page. It's at Michael underscore Dolce. Oh, we got a new vote for Gotham. Currently, I'll give you this. Gotham is just the Batman sheep following their god. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I mean, there's something to be said about that too, right? There's something to be said about like just loving a character and loving a universe and just kind of rooting for that universe. It's kind of why I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not the best show. I, if I didn't watch it, honestly, I'm not missing anything, yet I keep coming back eventually. I, it's on my DVR, but I'll get to it. Right now, we're at 43% Arrow, 43% Flash, 9% Gotham, 5% Supergirl Legends of Tomorrow, so... Yay for Supergirl, getting on the board. I'm sorry I grouped you with Legends of Tomorrow. Twitter does not allow me to do anything more but four, and there happen to be five TV shows, and I think Gotham warrants it over Legends of Tomorrow. And the 9% who like Gotham kind of, uh, kind of, uh, you know, back that. Ooh, there's uh, actually one day left because I just completely messed up my Twitter poll. Run it up the poll. Run it up the poll. All right, switching over to... Um, oh, I want to get Chris Kostakis' comment in before we switch over. Hang on one second. Some people say... Superman looks horrible. Some say he looks great. All I say is another viewpoint of Superman. Watch it before you force before you decide. People are so quick to judge without any reference point. There are different interpretations of Superman. Not everyone can like them all, but no reason to hate anything. It's a comic book character. Well, first of all, comic book characters, that's definitely time to, you know, you have to hate the comic. If you're in comic book land and universe, if you're on social media, period, you hate everything that's ever been uh, done because that's just what you do. Um, One thing I will say about um, Gotham, and I haven't seen all of Gotham. I've just seen like certain episodes of it. Mm -hmm. But the take on the villains and the people involved... um, I think is really unique. I think it's one of the most unique interpretations of the the Batman villains, mm-hmm. and and that makes it a very interesting watch. Yeah. Also, um, is it Jada Pinkett Smith? Yeah, yeah. Jada Pinkett mm-hmm. Smith was also re- what I what I saw. Not her it completely was really good. dead, as far as I understand. She could come back. They uh, they but they. I mean, essentially. Probably not, but she could. She, there's a, there's always a door for her to return, Yeah. Uh, as from my understanding of the show. Again, haven't seen the shows, but I keep up on all this stuff because that's my job. It's what I do, <laughs> or at least I try to anyway. Um, all right, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're not going to uh, – we're going to do a fun segment in segment three called Convention, Comic-Con, True or False. But right now I want to address a question um, with a lot of people too. So New York Comic-Con is coming up next week. For anybody that just joined us uh, on the broadcast, and we apologize for the first six minutes of the Facebook feed. Uh, we were having some internet issues, uh, but they, are, they have since been fixed, and we're on the Facebook feed, so we welcome everyone there. It's facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. We welcome everyone on the on the. Uh, Periscope feed at Michael underscore Dolce. We've got New York Comic Con coming up next week. New York Comic Con is typically the end of the convention season, uh, the bookend of the uh, season, Craig Crusoe. Yes, you will see me on Sunday. I'm at booth 1166, same booth as last year. I'll have an exclusive. I haven't announced the exclusive yet because I haven't drawn the exclusive yet, but I have a feeling it will involve a certain New York Yankee or possibly a New York Jet, as I'm a fan of both. We'll figure out, I'm going to figure that out this weekend and announce that next week. Um, but. The one thing that was of interest to me was, and I, I posed this question, has the Comic-Con bubble burst? Comic-Con has blown up. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's something. It's so massive. Everyone, everywhere, I mean, it became on the tip of everyone's tongue. Comic-Con this and Comic-Con that. Are you going to Comic-Con? And then all of a sudden, all these little Comic-Cons started springing up everywhere, right? And don't get me wrong. Some shows are really, really great. Some, some are great ideas. I went to Artista-Con. Artista Con uh, two weeks ago. It was a great show because it was different. It was something completely different. Chris Kostakis um, and Enrico Bada, they put on a great show, plus uh, a a handful of others behind the scenes working, trying to do something different, right? Um, Brian Everham chimes in, I agree about Gotham. The actors that play the villains and their interpretation of them is what makes the show starts out very slow, but it picks up as the series progresses. Um, I'll come out about that for two seconds. If it can do anything like Game of Thrones did, where it introduced all the characters in the first five episodes of Game of Thrones, and then it really, you know, from episode nine on, hasn't let off the gas pedal, then 
you know, I would definitely think about, I would definitely consider, you know, binge watching Gotham. It's no Game of Thrones, though. Um, but anyway, getting back to Comic-Cons, you know, all these smaller shows started popping up and people using the Comic-Con name and, and it became Lexicon, you know, no, no pun intended, uh, it, you know, in the, in the public you know, consciousness. It's like Comic-Con, Comic-Con. Oh, you're going to comic Oh, you're at Comic-Con. Most people don't even know what that means, though, right? I mean, Comic-Con really was San Diego. That's what it always tr- traditionally was. Wizard World was its competitor. Um, even though San Diego Comic-Con is a non not for profit. It's a non. It's not for profit. It's an organization. It's a .org. It's not a .com. Um, obviously, they make money, but they're a not for profit. They're there to put on a show for fans. That it, it basically just it got co opted by all Hollywood, and that's what it did, and it, and it spread. Wizard World was a competitor in the mid two thousands. Wizard World Chicago rivaled, in my opinion, to San Diego Comic Con for enjoyable, you know, enjoyability, uh, just getting up close, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, was really, really great. Oh, very, very good stuff. Um, Wizard World Philadelphia then popped up. There was Wizard World Texas. There was all kinds of stuff, and it was really, really great. I mean, I, I was a big fan of that. Uh, Wizard World obviously has kind of shifted gears uh, since, I don't know, about 2009, something to that extent. So, you know, obviously uh, they're in a different boat, but they're still out there, so I still consider them kind of legitimate. Um, Reed Pop got in the game in, in the early 2000s, with New York Comic Con, uh, they've since put on a Chicago show, also at C two E two. These are your major tentpole convention shows. Okay, these are your major tentpoles. This is everything that you would go to for a convention. But since then, now Wizard World has sprang up like fifteen different shows in in, in the in everywhere. All these other shows are just popping up little things. They call themselves Comic-Cons. People don't know the difference. They don't know any better. Baltimore Comic-Con, notwithstanding. Heroes Con, notwithstanding. Those are also staples. They've been around forever. They're great. I guess it's basically the question, though. Has the bubble burst already? This past San Diego Comic-Con, which I attended as an exhibitor for the first time uh, in about 10 years, was not as vibrant it was not as now don't get me wrong the area around comic-con became huge uh entertainment weekly hosted their entire comic-con weekend event outside the convention center in their own area uh cartoon network had their own like carnival set up there i mean you had replicas of the south park town you could walk through which i've done that before and it's awesome i mean you had all this stuff kind of going around so maybe my perception of san diego is warped because i was stuck on the show floor all all weekend long i wasn't able to kind of get out and about and around or maybe it was simply the fair that was out there right i mean no new star wars until december um they weren't even really there promoting it. I mean, they had their panels. We had your Marvel panel. You had your DC panel. But for the most part, not huge. So maybe maybe in my mind, Comic-Con bubble hasn't burst. Maybe people aren't tired of this stuff yet. However, I think people are getting tired of it. I think they're getting tired of superhero movies. I mean, we hear about this all the time, right? Has the superhero movie you know, bubble bursted? And people said, well, it's been going on since 2008, 2009. Why would, you know, why would it be any different? I don't know. Marvel was doing their thing since 2008, 2009. Now you have DC. Now you have competition. And it's not just competition in the sense that they're they're fighting against each other. They're fighting for an audience that might get sick of them. All right, when we come back, we're going to actually play a fun game on that thought. We're going to do Comic-Con true or false. Uh, We're going to have Sam read off a couple questions, and I'm going to give a true-false answer. But I'd love to hear your thoughts, too. Uh, Chime in again. Um, and keep keep chiming in about which DC show I should be binge watching. We will be updating you as we go along. Um, this is Secrets of the Sire. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. After three weeks of stuffing this place full of guests, by the way, we had three folks on from ArtistaCon a couple weeks ago. We had three fans, including one of our now executive producers, Brian Phillips, um, on. We had an in-studio guest last week. It's just me this week. We're just chatting and talking. It's, it's fun. I mean, that's that's the fun of the show. We get to, well, we have our trusty engineer, Sam, of course. Um, I'm sure, I hope it's not as disappointing, but uh, to make up for it, we're doing two, count them, two shows next week in honor of New York Comic Con, uh, which is being held at the Javits Center right here in New York City, where we broadcast from. Uh, so you get me for one week, and our trusty engineer, Sam, uh, of course, see, I have you in there, Sam. Uh, next week, we'll welcome one of our frequent collaborators, Dan Leister, on to usher in the Halloween season with his new Werewolf Run Kickstarter. And we'll be broadcasting live from the Comics Tribe booth next week at New York Comic Con. So catch us Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll give you the inside look into New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con is exactly what we've been talking about. And uh, we're going to do a little segment we like to call Comic Con True False. Sam, take it away. Okay, true. We need we need like, we need like music. Yeah, or something. we need, we need some like, kind of like, like game show music, yeah, something yeah. like that. Dun, 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 yeah, something. Do, 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 do. True or false? The expansion of New York Comic Con into the surrounding area will help it overtake San Diego as the number one convention. False. Reason being, well, okay, a little backstory for people, right? <laughs> the Walking Dead panel is being held at Madison Square Garden during oh. the Comic Con hours. This is something that San Diego basically does. We kind of touched upon it before. They 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 kind of set up shop around the, uh, the 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 area. However, they set up shop literally like right outside the, the convention center. Plus, it's Sandy freaking Ego, seventy five degrees mm-hmm. all year round. Awesome weather. It's in July. It's beautiful. Uh, it, it it gives a feeling, you know, that it's that it's like right outside. Right outside the Javits Center is a lot of construction, right. uh, a lot of hot dog vendors. <laughs> very very good, very mm-hmm. tasty. Um, but it's actually going to dilute the con now. It's actually going to, I think, defeat the purpose. Right? New York Comic Con is a spectacle because they're cramming one hundred and fifty thousand people in a space that can't fit it. That creates news. That creates hype. That makes people want to go to it. That is what will make it overtake San Diego, not spreading it out to things like Madison Square Garden. That being said, Walking Dead is uh, right up around season seven. We only got a couple more seasons of Walking Dead anyway, so we'll see what else they can cram into MSG. All right, next. True or false? The lineup of movies next year, including Spider-Man Homecoming, Justice League, Wonder Woman, and Guardians 2, will... will Propel, keep, will well, keep yeah. the bubble from bursting next year. That is that is the wonderful um, me typing it up two hours typo, before the show. Uh, will it keep the bubble from bursting next year? Yes, I think one of the, the so this is this is absolutely true. Uh, one of the factors in why I think this year's Comic Con circuit was a little less than stellar, or a little less than it's been in previous years. Is I mean, look at look at what's out there right now. There's not a lot to really get excited about this past year. Batman v Superman was in March, Deadpool was in February, and Civil War was in May. That pretty much ended it. Suicide Squad was in August, but Suicide Squad was a we don't know what it was in terms of uh, the mass appeal, right? I mean, that's what that's how Comic Con has kind of spread to this general public persona thing, where look. All of us diehards, we either work in, in the comic book industry, we love comic books, we love them, and we go and see you know our favorite artists and shows and this and that. What got Comic-Con as big and, and, and the term in big were all the com- comic book movies. This year, hasn't been that great. Next year, uh, though... Let's just see what happens with Doc Strange in November. Yeah, but even that, I mean, that's going to be over... I mean, you're not, even, you're not even going to... That's not even coming near a convention, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you're not going to get any hype in Doctor Strange. Doc, the only hype you'll get on Doctor Strange is... I think he'll probably end up appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, maybe Thor, uh, which comes out... Actually, Thor comes out 2018, so it's not even mm. it's not even next year. But next year's movies are going to be really great. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be absolutely huge. Okay. Question three: True or false? The age of the comic book artist as celebrity is over. True-ish. Ooh, and ish. Um, the reason I, I kind of say that is, all right, you still got your Stanley. He's not an artist, though, and we all know that. But he's mm. he's you know infamous with comic books. Um, last year we were at a, a show called New Jersey Expo, um, New Jersey Comic Expo. It's in November. I'll be there again this year. It's a great show. It's run by great people. They do the Long, Long Beach Convention Center. It's great. You had your line for Jim Lee. Jim Lee is is a is what you would call a comic book celebrity. No question about it. He had his entire line was wrapped around for day, like for two days. It was one of his only convention appearances. Look, Jim Lee will get butts in seats. 
you have those people from the early 90s, like the Rob Liefelds. Although, to be honest with you, Rob Liefeld has kind of hit all the conventions. And, and you, can, you can walk right up to him. I mean, it's not like he has lines around the corner. There was a time in the 2000s, though, when the comic book artist was the attraction. It's like, holy cow, we got Alex Ross. And oh my god, we got Brian Hitch. And oh my god, J. Scott Campbell's going to be there. I mean, now, last year... At New Jersey Comic Comic Book Expo, we had Chris Claremont on the corner, and you could just walk right up to him. Chris Claremont. I mean, this is. I mean, again, not an artist, but I mean, maybe we should have rephrased it to comic book uh, creator as celebrity is over. Uh, but look, that's the bottom line. The people going to these conventions now, they're not comic book fans. Mm-hmm. They're fans of the movies. They're fans of the characters. They're fans of the artwork, um, and it's actually going to lead into another question uh, which if you can flip four and five because i think it's a okay. great segue into this though stanley is still the king of the cameo he's he's, yes. he's had more cameos yes. and more movies i think than anybody else think any other comic book artists will get any to start doing cameos like that but the thing is who would even know who they are oh, you know right. what i mean at the end of the day you know who stanley is because right. you kind of seen him he's got his own caricature i mean you've had other comic book creators pop up in in things you've had joe casada pop up in a couple things i mean uh, i'm sure bendis is in the background somewhere you just find a short little bald guy and he's yeah. there i mean he's gotta be i mean jeff Loeb is is executive producer everywhere i'm sure these people have made little you know cameo appearances uh joss whedon was recently on um oh the comedy central show which is really really good i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head it's um Oh, it's the it's the reality show set in the 1900s. It's really really funny. Oh, um, okay. So you have these little pop up cameos and stuff like that. But no, the, I think the age of the comic book creator as celebrity is over. Okay. Next question: True or false? DC and Marvel will shut down non licensed artists at Comic Con. This is a huge question mark mm. that a lot of people have been asking. I'm going to say false, but w- before I even go into why I say false. This is why the age of the comic book celebrity is over, right? The comic book creator's celebrity. It used to be like, it used to be a thing. And look, it still is. There's still collectors out there. Don't get me wrong. And maybe it's the same percentage of people that go to comic book conventions uh, that are still into it the same way they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But anybody is a comic book artist now because you're you're allowed to kind of, no, you're not technically allowed to draw characters that are not yours. You're not technically allowed to draw Batman. You're not technically allowed to draw Captain America fighting Batman. You're not technically allowed to create prints, artistic prints that you can sell at these shows that have Spider-Man and Deadpool. Everybody does it. So A, it's a big concern on people on, on you know different creators because look, I have never I've never worked for Marvel. Um, if you come to New York Comic Con next week and you say, can you draw me Spider-Man fighting Batman? Or can I buy your print of Spider-Man fighting Batman? I'd say, sure, and I would sell you it for 10 bucks, uh, or I'd sell you a sketch for 20 and you'd go along your merry way. Technically, kind of illegal, uh, just in the sense that it's licensed characters. Marvel never cared because it was propagating their characters. It's, you know, it's always done. It's, it's good promotion. DC, there's always been this kind of worry. Um, but then when Marvel was bought by Disney, there was a, a real worry that they were going to literally come down and shut down people's, people's booths. Um, and there is a limit to it. Believe you me, there is definitely a limit to it. Once you leave the convention floor and you start selling stuff on the internet, uh, you're fair game. I've actually know I know one creator uh, who was doing awesome ideas. It was eight bit like renditions of their of their characters. But you know, he basically got told, "Hey, look, this is licensed material that you're using right now because it's outside that convention." There's something about the convention, so I don't think anything's going to happen where it gets shut down. Uh, but kind of. Playing into what that we, we talked about before, the comic book artist as celebrities over because people come to conventions, they don't know a J. Scott Campbell from a Scott J. Campbell. You know, <laughs> uh, that was a terrible play on, on, on words. Basically, they don't know a Mike Dolce from a J. Scott Campbell. They don't know it. They just know that, hey, I like Deadpool. Can you draw me Deadpool? Awesome. Hey, there's a picture of uh, Spider Man and Supergirl and Flash. Great. I'll buy it. They don't know the difference. And honestly, look, I'm not saying I'm a hacker, I'm not saying I'm great. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, but I've seen some people's art, too, and I mean, some people just blatantly steal, mm-hmm. like, just drawings from other drawings. Now, they get yelled at because there is a little bit of internal policing that goes on there, but, I mean, one guy, you know, I saw, I mean, they they essentially, they have, you know, they, they basically take poses that were already done and just redraw them and sell them as prints. People don't know the difference. They don't know the difference, so... Yeah. All right, our last true false. And our last final for tr- the Comic-Con true false. True or false, the number one drawn 
draw at a comic convention now is cosplay. I'm just wondering, should we qualify that as as because there are different kinds of cosplay? There's anime cosplay, there's comic cosplay. Just cosplay in general. Just cosplay. I'm going to say cosplay in general. I'm going to say true. I'm going to say the reason people mm-hmm. go to conventions now is the cosplay. Cosplay has gotten so out of control. Yeah. I mean, it's and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, first of all, though, I mean. As, as, as a creator now, if I was a creator 10 years ago, I mean, forget it. I mean, it was just, I was a creator 10 years ago. I mean, forget <laughs> it. The costumes, the level of detail, the level of How much money intricacy, these people the, spend uh, on Oh, my, oh my God. God. They spend thousands and thousands Crazy. and thousands of dollars uh, on this stuff. I think cosplay is definitely the number one draw conventions now. It always has been to an extent. Um, but it's usually like booth babes. It's usually booth mm. models. It's people that have spent their money to bring people in costume to attract people to their booths. Now it's just people showing up. It's mm. people making a living off this stuff. Yeah. They are traveling from convention to convention. They're, I mean, they're basically models. They're on Instagram. It's a yeah, beautiful there, thing. There was some guy at the last, I think, New York Comic Con dressed up as one of the Transformers as, as Magnus yeah. Prime or something. That was like, um, it was like an eight-foot-tall costume. Oh, my God. It was I know. incredible. And here's the bottom line. Everyone loves Halloween, right? Yeah. I don't. I'm not a huge Halloween guy. I hate dressing up. It's the, it's the most annoying. Uh, my I wife try to, loves Halloween. It's oh, her favorite holiday well, of the year. <laughs> we, can, we can tell why women <laughs> love Halloween because they get to just kind of, all their inner inhibitions get to come out. It's, it's like safe to walk around. Uh, you, you feel very safe. Sexy, you feel yeah. very, and some people actually. Again, it's not a sex thing either. It's or a sexy thing. It's it's you get to just you know kind of be somebody else. People love it. I love me. I love being me. Yeah. So I have no problem. I don't need to be somebody else. Right. Right. Uh, exactly. and, and I also, you know, I'm very lazy to actually have to get <laughs> dressed up. It's just so frustrating yeah. and annoying. You know, it's 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 not something I want to get into. But no, cosplay is huge. It plays on the Halloween thing. It's Halloween year round at any convention now. Um, it's definitely the number one draw, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the characters, you, you know, and, and chime in uh, for anybody who's on uh, Facebook or who's on Periscope, you know, what is your favorite, what is your, what is the reason to go to a comic book convention? Obviously, some people work at conventions. Some people are actually working, selling their books and products. Obviously, that's why I go. I don't even think I could go, um, you know, to a convention. Panels are big. Celebrities are big. I think they are. But I think the number one curiosity now is, even if it's not, you know. What about, the, like, new trailers? Well, see, this is the thing, right? The amount of people that can get into these panels is limited, uh, too, right? Yeah. So it's sitting there going like, oh, I want to go because I, I want to see the Walking Dead cast or I want to see the Justice League panel or I want to do this. Yes, these are things you go to see when you are there. But everyone wants the Comic-Con experience. What is the Comic-Con experience? Mm-hmm. Right? It's people yeah. dressed up in costume. Yeah. We have It's a combination of the cosplay and the art. As I cosplay too, as Spada Premier Stark does the cosplay as well too. What do you dress up as? Chime in, we'd love to know. Um, when we come back, we're going to find out what uh, Spada Premier Stark dresses up as, and we're going to go spinning the racks, talking about the latest comic book news. And we're going to touch on the election because it's just hilarious. <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. 
We do this every week. So anybody joining us, we do this every week. We get a lot of people that actually see the video on Facebook and they're like, we don't know what this is. And I'm always like, it's a radio show and it's a podcast. And we talk about comic books, movies, and TV. Music and pop culture every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. We had our cool announcement that we're actually going to be doing two shows next week. We're going to be doing our regular scheduled show, 8 p.m. Eastern here in the studio West 72nd Street uh, in New York City, and then uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be broadcasting live from Comic-Con. The show hours will be over at that point, but you can still kind of catch some of the madness. We'll be broadcasting live from the Comics Tribe booth. There's no way we could broadcast during the show. Uh, Just, you know, we we did it from San Diego, and it was really cool, but the craziness that is New York Comic-Con, even on a Thursday... um, you know, is something is something to behold. Uh, we were talking about, you know, what is the major draw at a convention, and my two cents is it's cosplay now. Cosplay is actually the number one draw. And a spot of Premier Stark said it's a combination of the art and the cosplay, and I do agree. Look, characters are big. Seeing celebrities is big. I guess it all kind of does chuck up to the experience, but I think the number one thing that people always say when they're like, oh, you went to Comic-Con? Did you see all those crazy people in costume? And uh, Spider Premier Dark Stark has done Brother Voodoo and Granny Goodness. See, these are very obscure characters. I love it. I love it. That's great stuff. So uh, we hope to, uh, well, if you're going to be at near Comic Con, drop on by booth 1166. Come say hi. Uh, I'll be pimping my wares out there. All right, we're going to go span, sp- spanning the racks, spinning the racks. We go through the latest comic book news. Comic book, you know, it's kind of a quiet week, though. Usually there's something bigger. Um, we had. Um, Craig Caruso actually chimed in about uh, Deathstroke. We'll be back for Arrow episode 100 and new characters for the season. We also talked to, uh, you know, anybody who's just joining us now, uh, we actually talked earlier in the broadcast about which bit DC show I should binge. We have a poll going up uh, that is up on my Twitter page at Michael underscore Dolce. Um, it's a huge hit in terms of polls. We don't get a lot of people on polls usually, but this one really did. Arrow has creeped up. 46% think I should watch Arrow immediately. Flash, 8% Gotham, 4% Supergirl, slash Legends of Tomorrow. Twitter would not allow me to do five choices in there, so I apologize. Uh, So I kind of lumped those two together. Um, But either way, even two combined together couldn't get more than 5% of the votes, so it makes makes total sense. The, the, The poll will be up until tomorrow, so chime in and vote. And uh, I'll come back to you. Uh, Stranger Things, we actually talked about that a few episodes ago, so I have, I have that to binge. i got to binge a little bit of Jessica Jones. And uh, again, right now, it looks like I have to binge Arrow, uh, which is the best DC show to immediately binge, so that's good stuff. All right, we got a couple of uh, comic book-related things that did happen. It seems that showrunner Chio Coker says it was Luke Cage that delayed Marvel's Iron Fist. Due to a previously unspecified delay, fans were worried that Marvel's Iron Fist might never get made. Now Luke Cage showrunner Chio Coker has revealed the reason for the schedule shift. When Marvel initially announced their lineup of Netflix exclusive shows, fans were amazed to hear they'd be getting small screen adaptions of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. However, Iron Fist has not even really been on the board. Um, it was later confirmed the show was still happening. That Finn Jones, who's from Game of Thrones, which is awesome, uh, would star as the titular hero in tw- 2017. Titular. Do we really need that? Like, is that really like, like for is that a great description? Well, thank you, comicbookmovie.com. Uh, according to Luke Cage showrunner Chio Coker, Iron Fist was originally supposed to debut before Luke Cage, but the positive reception of the character in Jessica Jones prompted Marvel to rethink their strategy. Marvel went from, we're going to take our time, to let's flip it and do Luke Cage first. Uh, We've got this great concept, and this guy's leaping off the screen. Let's follow the momentum. Makes total sense. Uh, Luke Cage comes out this week. I'm really excited. I'm actually really excited for that, too. I like the street-level stuff. I like that, um, you know, kind of gritty, you know, down-to-earth kind of thing. I think it's really, really great. Um, now, the question is posed, would you rather have seen Iron Fist before Luke Cage? I think no one cares. I think, it, honestly, at the end of the day, what does it really matter? Um, these are great shows. These aren't like, you know, again, this is not Superman. This is not Batman. These are these are second-tier characters. These are B, you know, some might even argue they're C-level characters. Iron Fist. Iron Fist and Luke Cage would, would always be together in a show because um, they were always together in a comic book. They were like, you know, they were like the, the black and white buddies that were, you know, always together and, you know, good Good friends. Everything was good with that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think it matters. Uh, I'm sure people are happy with the way it's working. I'm sure that people are happy with Jessica Jones and Daredevil. I'm sure everyone's happy with everything that's going on there, uh, except Zack Snyder stuff. No one's happy with that. All right. Tyrone Woodley. He's a UFC guy. 
made in the news uh, because if you were casting a Marvel movie, would you be able to keep it a secret? UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley certainly didn't, and it landed him in hot water with the studio's illegal team. Back in August, UFC fighter Tyrone Woodley teased, I don't know if I can even say this, but I'm working on a Marvel movie on Thursday in Atlanta. He thought he was being careful enough by not naming the film, but fans quickly figured out it was Spider-Man Homecoming as it was the only Marvel production currently shooting in Atlanta. Uh, In a new interview with Fox Sports, he reveals the short tease landed him in big trouble. Number one, this is what I said. I said that I could be working on a Marvel movie soon, and I didn't put two and two together. I was in Atlanta. The only Marvel movie shooting was a Spider-Man in Atlanta. I didn't put these things together. When you're working on a Marvel movie, their legal department do not play. So they got word of it, and everyone started coming down to me, the people that were casting me for the part. Willie went on to explain he's no longer in the film because of a prior commitment to Fox, but maybe something else, in which he would appear to be UFC 205 title defense against Stephen Thompson on November 12th. I did not do it because I had a previous obligation with Fox, and I thought it was a better play long-term. I'm a man of my word. Again, while some outlets are reporting that Woodley was fired because he teased his role back in August, Woodley never makes that statement uh, and implies his UFC 205 fight is what kept him out of Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming will be in theaters July 7th, 2017. Uh, I'd love to get your feedback on that. Obviously, we're going to talk big about that. We're going to talk big about Doctor Strange. We've got a lot of cool things coming up. Um, Just to kind of, you know, give a little recap on what we did today. We're talking DC TV shows. We've gone and talked Marvel DC sh- uh, Marvel TV shows as well too. We did that last week. We did Spider Man, sorry, uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Which one was better? We got a kind of mixed review on that as well too. So go check out our our uh, SoundCloud account because that's a great place to go check up on um, you know and you know get a listen to all the former shows. Go to SoundCloud.com/slash/Secrets of the Sire. And you can you can listen through that. Two weeks prior to that, we actually had some super fans on, and they were here telling me which one, which show I should binge watch uh, as well. Two Stranger Things, Archer, and Doctor Who were the were the targets that they chose. Um, ultimately, Stranger Things won. I have yet to watch it. I'll tell you when I do. It's going to be very exciting. I mean, unfortunately, I have a lot of other things I got to do um, besides you know besides that. Uh, saw Steve Jobs. The other day, the uh, the not, not not the guy. He's dead. He's he's long passed away. The movie Steve Jobs with um, uh, Magneto was in it. Uh, he was the guest star in that. So or he was the one starring in that. Michael Fassbender. Uh, great movie. Definitely recommend it. Got Revenant on the DVR. Very excited. See, this is what we do. We don't have guests. I just rattle off things that are on my DVR that I have yet to watch, uh, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, we had Brian Everham, actually. Uh, not Brian Everham, sorry. Brian Everham is watching the show on Facebook. We, we love Brian. Thank you. Uh, Brian Warmoth, um, he is a comic book uh, reporter. He's a friend of mine I used to work at Wizard with. He was wondering why there wasn't more Ghostwriter stuff streaming on the internet. So maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of... Down and out. I don't know. I don't know. You know, but that's on my DVR. Can't wait to watch. No, I can wait. Obviously, I can wait because I haven't even finished season three yet. That's the one thing, though. I mean, Marvel. It's amazing. Marvel has not hit it out of the park when it comes to the TV universe, except in Netflix. Netflix, awesome. But the Agents of Shield. You know, can I guess that's really the question, right? I mean, can you know the and it doesn't even make sense right well maybe it's because on netflix they're like getting racier more violent that they're like being more extreme and and in a way darker mm-hmm. whereas uh, like in agents of shields it's on broadcast tv so they're much more limited in like yeah. how dark they can go and that grittiness i think is what's really uh, connecting to people and uh, attracting people these days but but you know joe mulvey actually chimed in last week he's like i'd love to get the numbers yeah on how many people are actually watching this via netflix i mean look netflix has subscribers right Right. so i mean if you're going by subscriber numbers that's like saying uh that's like saying talking alternative gets fifty thousand listens a month secrets of sire might not you know we get like forty nine thousand out of that 50 (laughs) but you know no but i mean seriously how many listeners you know per thing that's actually up there and that's the question so we don't know actually uh they're popular they're talked about people love it people love the binge format for it but how you know how much are they really you know profiting so to speak and the other thing too you're right i mean they are grittier and dirtier and 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 uh you know they're they're more real and and whatnot but you know they they have the luxury of doing that because you know supergirl was on cbs you you actually said it yourself sam and that was sam our trusty engineer supergirl could 
you know, is worrying about this and that, and who's my, who am I going to date, and how am I not going to have a normal life? Why? Because they're trying to appeal to a broad audience. Agents of Shield, same thing. They only, only when they started embracing the comic book stuff did they actually start getting, I don't know, better ratings, definitely better ratings than they were having, but more steady ratings mm. than they were having. So, the question is too. I mean, maybe major studios should, at this point, kind of see that as an example and say, you know what, maybe it's time that we. You know, go full, go full comic book. Just go full comic book. So I'm, I'm very curious. The next major network show that's out there, um, and whether or not they'll do it. I mean, DC's doing it. There's no question about it. But again, these are CW ratings. These are now Flash is getting killer ratings. I mean, for a CW show, I mean they're, they're like approaching a five, which is huge for a CW show. I mean, CW, if you have two million viewers, you get a renewal. Uh, so they're doubling that. Arrow is is steady as well, too. Um, very curious to see what happens with Supergirl. Love the introduction of Superman. Kind of what we talked about earlier. Definitely going to... Definitely, me personally, uh, Arrow is winning the poll, but uh, I, might, I, might, I might lean toward uh, Supergirl. So, great show tonight. It was a lot of fun. It's good. You know, like I said, we, we had packed this room full of people. We had packed, uh, last week we had an in-studio guest who was awesome. We had three guests, the two previous shows. It's good to just kind of you know, get a little space here, get a little airing out. Uh, we're going to switch our tune to Halloween and horror and all kinds of fun stuff. So next week we got Dan Leister jumping on to talk about his horror, new horror comic. Uh, they got a Kickstarter that's launching on Saturday. It's called Werewolf Run. Go check it out. And then join us again. Same, wow, same bat channel. Same bat time. Not same bat time, though. An hour earlier. Thursday, 7 p.m. We'll be streaming live from New York Comic Con. Getting excited, guys. Can't wait to do it next week. See you then. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 